0: <laughs> back. Hey community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Super Gorge Podcast. I think it's round 21, it could be round 23, who knows at this point in the season. I'm Lech dog. thank you to Telebeats for the music and I'm joined by the whole crew's basically joined in.
1: Patch, how are you? I'm good, Lech dog. I am good. My team's a mess but we're late enough in the season that it doesn't matter, baby. It doesn't matter. Play
0: on, baby. Foz Daddy, you are looking gorgeous as always. How are you? I'm good,
2: mate. I've checked out from Supercoach this year, and I feel so free. I love
0: it. (laughs) Jeez, we're starting off very positively. All right, combined, let's just do a quick run around. How many trades do we have between the four of us? I've got zero.
1: got zero. Not Not a damn trade between the four of us. I mean, it's, yeah. it's what we've always said. Do as we say. It. Do not do as we do under any circumstances.
0: All right. Well, let's get in. So take all of our advice with a grain of salt. Um, currently, let's start off with the hot topic number one. Shay Bolton is being outscored by Paddy Dow currently. Can we just talk about that? No. Shay Bolton no. was the savior. He was awesome. He's now no. sub 400,000. Foz, what the hell is going on? I'd love
2: to be able to tell you honestly. When Dusty went down, um, we all thought that Shea would be the one to step up into that role and you know get those CBAs and and hopefully boost his scoring because at the start of the season we saw that he had the potential to be quite a damaging player in that midfield group. But he he hasn't transitioned into the role that we thought he was going to. Um, the Tigers are. Looking at the barrel of of potentially, you know, either missing finals or barely scraping into the eight, um, and and Bolton isn't really being that impact player that we knew and loved at the start of the year. So he was everyone's saviour a couple of weeks ago, and he was a cheap trade down option from Dusty when Dusty hurt himself, and I don't know what you do with him. You, we're all holding him I guess you can't we can't trade him um it's not like there's a medical <laughs> sub button that we can click and, and sub him out just miraculously but um, I think it's sort of just riding with it if you can trade him um, you'd probably be definitely looking at it as, as an option
0: well trigger um, happy's asked us on the website. What should we do? So, Patch, what's, what's your advice?
1: Well, given my track re- record, um, we spoke last time I was on the podcast about Bailey Smith. Uh, I traded him out and it, since then has averaged 115. The player Shay Bolton has replaced in my side since I think it was about round 16 um, has scored 80, 95, 86, 128, and 98. When I traded Isaac Heaney out after a run of three games of 55, 42, and 57 And I don't think trading out players is a good idea anymore. Um, (laughs) Like like it's just...
0: I mean, let's entertain the idea of trading him because there is a number of options that are being flagged and raised and Clarky, one of them is actually on the website. For Shea Bolton's teammate, and I didn't think we'd be saying this here, but Sydney Stack... Midfielder forward playing in defence, $313,000. And uh, seems to be playing well. 49, 45, 60. Not great. Pretty bad. On par with Shea Bolton, but on the weekend we saw a 149 against the Fremantle Dockers and he was everywhere. Well, let's look at some potential replacements for a Sydney stack. And, And this can go for anyone that's affordable in that forward line. Look, I think if... Well, actually, let's address this first, gentlemen. We'll go around one by one. I think if you've got trades at this point and you're trying to win finals, I'm using those trades if it makes my team better and getting rid of Shea Bolton appears to be making my team better. If I'm going for overall rank, I've still got a couple of trades left. I've got Shea Bolton at F6. I'm maybe looping in with someone. I think I'm holding. and I'm holding onto those two trades in case you know, Patrick Dangerfield or Rowan Marshall or one of these guys goes down again moving forward. So
1: that's my advice. Patch, do you have anything different to say? Um, will look, just be prepared for the fact that it may burn you like it burnt me. And oh boy, that's a feeling that isn't bad isn't good, but all the signs are that he's bad and shouldn't be in our sides. So logically, I can't argue against it. It's just the vibe, man. Like I just I don't know, I don't bad. know, the not vibe good. is the vibe is not good with keeping him, the vibe is not good with getting rid of him, I just want to be able to say I told you so when he comes out and scores 130 in the next two weeks, which now that I've said that, he won't, so you've got to trade him out. Come on
2: man, I we all we
0: apl- so, uh, sorry, Foz, I was just going to say, I think we can apply this, do you, do you agree that we can probably apply this logic to other guys as well? So we're using Shea Bolton as an example, but is there anyone else, Foz, that you would consider in this basket, like a, maybe a Tim Taranto or a... I don't, can't even think of anyone. Tom oh. or Dyson Heppel.
2: Your captain, Paddy Cripps.
0: Paddy Cripps. Oh. Still him.
2: Got him. Who's still got him? Honestly. Uh, probably do. a lot of people. I no. do. Probably a oh, lot of people. Please do know. I don't uh, want to talk
1: about it. I don't want to talk about it. Okay? Did, um,
2: I remember the start of the year, I, I thought to myself, "Oh, Tim Taranto, Paddy Cripps, Sam Walsh. I'll start two of them. And I picked the two worst ones. Um, and I also didn't think that they'd be necessarily a keeper, especially on field. I thought one of them might be traded out and upgraded, and the other one would end up as an M9, yeah, my M7 and M8. And Lucky Bramble seems to be the better option at the moment, which is really disp- depressing and and sad. But I'd be I agree with you, Leck. I'd be looking at trading in um, upgrades, clear upgrades as well. If you're if you're playing for finals and you know, if you're looking at your lineup and, and there's not really that much of a point of difference or if you think you're just a little bit behind trading a Taranto up to a up someone who will score 100 to 120 might save your season. Whereas, you know, going for rank, it's so valuable having trades because if you do end up using the trades early and, and someone goes down with an injury and you might cop a donut for the rest of the year and, and you definitely don't want that. So it, it really depends on... on how your team structures and, and what your overall goal is uh, for the year.
1: On that note, though, Foz, say you've got Shea Bolton at F6 and you've got Lockie Bramble and Jeremy Sharp at M8 looping, which is your priority? Say you've got two traders left, you can you can get rid of one of them. Which one are you getting rid of? Are you getting rid of the, the rookie at M8 or are you getting rid of Shea Bolton in the forward line?
2: I'm getting rid of the rookie at M8. I'd, I'd hold Shea and hope that he comes good because even when Shea does bad, he will score a 50 to a 70. When a rookie does average, he'll score a 50 to a 70.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think you go with the higher upside. Of course, there comes with that a price difference. Let's just knock about a couple of potential uh, similarly priced or cheapish players. The first one I've seen a lot of people trading in this week, gentlemen, is still side bottom, who Ooh. was probably best on for uh, for the Collingwood. If not, he was certainly top three on the weekend. Four hundred twenty nine thousand eight hundred dollars. No Pendlebury around, so you know a bit more responsibility. Last two weeks, one oh nine and one two three. I think that's pretty much directly related to Scott Pendlebury, and he's an affordable forward mid swing. He's like the perfect next step up if you've only got limited cash for either a, a Bramble or one of these cheaper rookies or a Shea Bolton. What do you think about steel side bottom and bottom, gentlemen, whoever wants to take it? Uh,
3: yeah. Steel side bottom. I like it. Uh, I think he is somebody who I
0: haven't researched. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, he's a, he's a, he's a senior body Collingwood player. Like they're struggling in that midfield group, I would say. And, He's the natural person to step up and lift his game from where it was early in the season, which wasn't terrible, by the way, as a forward option. He has been in a really shit vein of form lately, but the last two weeks, yeah, he's taken the responsibility. And I think he carries that in. They've got a, no offense, Foz, but probably not a too hard kill against Hawthorne this week, although both teams are struggling a little bit. Brisbane, which they'll rely on him.
2: Both of us, both of us have... Good wins. We beat Brisbane and they smacked West Coast. (laughs) You're calling us
0: shit. (laughs) Well, I'm implying it. I mean, they're outliers in the season generally. And Uh, he averages over 100 against Brisbane and Essendon for his career. I like him as an option. Uh, The other guy, Patch, I want to throw at you is Bailey Dale, who
1: did good things again. Mm, He's done lots of good things this year Um, to the point where you could probably call him a good option and a good player. Um, you know, kind and an affordable half-back. one. And an affordable one, most importantly, 478K. Um, yeah, averaging 95 for the year, playing cross-half back. It's, you know, he's been pretty consistent, pretty reliable, scoring mostly in the 90s or 100s, um, or actually not in the 100s, but scoring in the 90s or jumping up to, to 110, 120, 130 he did on the weekend. Um, I think he's a really good option, especially if you've got a Carl Lankford who and held Carl Lankford who missed for two weeks, came back for a week, and he's now missing for three weeks. Um, So definite trade on that front. Um, Yeah, I think Dale is pretty much as as good an option as you'll find under 300K.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think he's a very good option. I think he's a very good option. Does anyone else have a name to throw up? Uh, this? I agree with
1: Bailey
3: Dale. Uh, As a Bailey Dale owner, uh, I've quite enjoyed the ride. It's been pretty serviceable as a forward um that and my last trade was used on Ben Brown so i don't think i can talk a lot about forward options but seems to work out against gold coast so hopefully melbourne if melbourne come home pretty strong it could be a
1: sneaky a sneaky consideration although a little bit of bias in that um Fo- Foz, i want you to talk about one option who i am not allowed to talk about on this podcast anymore um chad wingard I'm just gonna step away from the microphone. I want you to do some talking and if you hear muffled screaming in the background, ignore me
3: um,
2: I don't I don't love him as a super coach option um he's always been very up and down and I don't really know what his role is at Hawthorne not only for the rest of this year but then also moving forward because he's an older player when Hawthorne's clearly going for youth. He's not a an elite midfielder. He actually has I think at some stage of the season it might be different now, but he was the worst clearance player in the competition. Where <laughs> for the I think it was it was a stat, something along the lines of and this it might be completely I might have butchered this stat. Oh
1: look if it's bagging Chad if it's ragging on Chad Wingard I'm all for it. Like, I'm all for ragging Chad
2: <laughs> No, but it was for for players who had had more than, I think it was like 30 centre-bounce attendances, he had the lowest percentage of getting a clearance um, with, I think, one out of 30 or one out of 40 or whatever it was. Um, he's also uh, he's a good small forward. Um, we all know good small forwards don't score that well. Um, and also, Hawthorne doesn't get the ball down into their forward line a whole heap for him to actually have a lot of impact. So there are going to be games where Hawthorne plays well. He plays well in the Hawthorne wins and, you know, he scores points, but I don't think that that's going to be happening all that often. And I'd be surprised. um, Oh, sorry. I I wouldn't be surprised if he was at a different club next year because he doesn't really fit our age profile or um, especially with apparently his butting heads with a few players around the Hawthorne Football Club, and we're also
1: exploding or imploding, I guess, um, internally. <laughs> well, well said. Let that be a lesson to any. Let that be a lesson to anyone thinking of trading in Chad Wingard. You've been warned.
0: Would love to see him somewhere where he's allowed to wear sleeves next year. Would love that. Don't mind if it's Hawthorne. Don't uh, know what Sam Mitchell's policy is, but would love to see him wearing the sleeves next year. <clears throat> Gentlemen, a lot of people. Uh, trading in, you know, your big names, Rowan Marshall, Zach Guthrie, Jared Lyons, who's very cheap, Marcus Bontempelli, who who's remarkably cheap, despite having a, just an eighty-seven on the weekend. Like we we said it for the last four weeks, all of these guys. If you are listening and you are thinking about it, trade them in. It's these dubious calls that people ponder on and risk their seasons on. And I have a dubious call I would like to ponder on with you, and it's, his name is Zach Butters. Obviously, he has had a rough year with injury, $388,800 break, even is 87. I know that uh, Azza started with him and he looked like a damn good proposition after the first couple of rounds, but went down in round four, came back in round 17, went down again. Now he's back again, 94 on the weekend from 22 touches, six marks and two tackles as a very, very cheap Shea Bolton Shea Bolton-esque replacement. Is Zach Butters someone with upside that we consider patch? Uh,
1: um, look, I I don't love it. I, he's going to be an incredible player. He's going to be very, very good. Next year, we will probably look at starting him again. I don't love jumping on players that have been out for a lot of the year that are kind of missing, you know, big chunks of seasons. I just... I, 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 I get bad vibes out of out of doing that. I'd rather be looking at a Taron Thomas, um, at four hundred and sixty k when he's back this week, or even like an Isaac Heaney who's hit a run of form again. Um, I feel like there are maybe even like a Ben Brown. I feel like hey, there are better options. He said the thing. Pat, you
2: need help, mate. You just keep <laughs> going back like a little little drug drug addict. We need to get you into rehab, mate. Come on. You did it with Buddy Flynn and Hickey. Gorn and whoever, you, Hickey, and now you're doing it with oh, just it, next week you're going to trade in Chatty Wingard. And even though you have no trades, you'll pay Tim Mitchell to do however much it costs. Just ground
1: paper bags full of cash representing his actual value. Um, Yeah, I know I do need help, and that's why. I like butters. sack butters. But yeah, no, yeah. I Thank you, Clarky. <laughs> I like him. He
3: is obviously a very core part of what Port Adelaide want to do well. And I think you're right. I think it seems like even though he did have that long-term injury, they waited to bring him back in, which screams they wanted him to be as close to 100% as possible so that they can make a run home. So I think he's going to be pretty core to what Port Adelaide want to be doing going forward and into finals. And why not bring him in for your Supercoach finals?
0: Well, the fear would be, so he plays Adelaide this week in the showdown and Carlton the following week. The worry would be what happens against the Bulldogs in round 23. And if you're relying on him to go big in that round, uh, you might, It's he averages 101 against them. But, geez, they're a pretty good footy unit.
3: I think Port can do it. I think Port will make want to make a strong showing going into the finals. They've shown some of their best football this year. Um and also some of their worst, but I think regardless of that, they want they want the ball to go to Zach Butters. They want him to be right up there with what's, with what's happening. <laughs> so <Sorry. laughs> they want him to be a really, really good I think it it comes back to that role. Like if if it's somebody who's gonna get the ball and somebody that they feel confident in their ability, then that screams to me that there's a little bit of sense in the pick. Um, especially if you're on a budget, shopping on a budget.
0: Yeah, I don't mind the logic there, fellas. I think we swing things back into defense because we've covered some forwards and and some mids, and I think mids are easier to dissect because you kind of you your choices are much higher in the midfield. And we might spend some time on it, but I want to look at defense first because here are some of the names jumping out as me as the most traded in this round. They scare the shit out of me, fellas. Zach Guthrie, Tom Duday, Hayden Young, Jeremy Howe, who turned up on on Pony's return at four thirty six. Let's let's talk Jeremy Howe. Patch is the the marking man. Ten marks in his return. Is he someone that we could look at? Four thirty six K still has a break even of one four four.
1: I mean, legally, sure, you're allowed to look at okay, him. Okay. Um, like technically, there's nothing stopping you. Got Hawthorne, Brisbane, Essendon in his last couple. He's—I mean—he's good at football, but what I said about Zach Butters kind of rings true here. I—I I don't love looking at at a player that's missed a chunk of footy, and he, you know, yeah, he looked good on the on the way back. He's cheap, but uh, yeah, that that injury history scares me. And chances are, this will be your last trade or two. I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be jumping at it. Yeah, but, I feel similarly. I mean, you, you could do worse, but you could probably do better.
0: I think we could definitely do better. The, these names like Duda, who's had two tons in a row, Zach Guthrie, who's had his best oh career God. career game ever, oh Hayden God. Young, who's had his best career game ever. I'm avoiding all of these players if, I, if I'm a coach out there. I think there's there's value in guys like Luke Ryan, who mm. we feel like hasn't had amazing an amazing season, but averaging 101 and he's priced at 481,000. He's he's affordable, uh, and even like a guy like James Harms, whose floor is really low but his ceiling is really high. He's $388,000. If I had no money, I'd still prefer to look at him over like a Jeremy Howe. It's like a 60K saving, and I I think I'd rather have that cash if I had more than one trade left. So there's plenty of options in defense, but some of the names we're throwing up are really making me feel quite ill, fellas.
3: People getting desperate. Desperate
0: times call for big brain moves. Hayden Young. (laughs) What about, do we have any rookies on the horizon we need to look at? as well let's assume people still have multiple trades or maybe they just need a cheap player and one of the questions we had through asked is it worth trading in a loophole and a premium or should i train trade in a playing rookie and a premium so let's go around the table what do you think foz would you be looking to trade in a loophole or do you want playing players in your with your trades
2: uh, it depends what you've got on your bench. If you've already got a playing player like a Lockie Bramble, um, I'd, I'd be looking at a loophole option, see who's got multiple Sunday games and, and bring in a bargain basement 102K rookie because if Bramble scores 80, I'd probably take that over a Cripper score. I don't know. Uh, I'd probably bank the, the the safe points. And and then if he goes and scores 120, then you're like, well, definitely I'll take him over him or Taranto could probably take him over some of your other premiums as well. Um, If you don't have cover on your bench um, and you're looking to trade out like Cripps to Walsh and then you can downgrade a a non-playing rookie to another rookie, I'd be looking at someone who's got some security. At this stage of the season, if they're rookie priced and they're playing, uh, their security probably isn't great anyway. But if they're playing, then... I'd rather some cover just in case you'd rather they're 40 over a zero. So that's, that's what I think anyway. What about you, Clarky? What do you think? Look,
3: you, you pretty much covered it off. It, it's very situational. I think if, who have you been loopholing beforehand? Do you, do, if you don't have a loophole and you're using all of your trades, you're going all out, bringing your premium, bring in a loophole player. That makes sense. So you've got somebody who you can use. Um, I can't see many circumstances where you'd need a playing rookie though it's perfectly honest from what I'm looking at, you know how it's looking for the rest of the season, you know unless you have multiple multiple trades in which case holy holy cow, how have you done it? can
0: please help yeah come and do the podcast, yeah, I know personally. Clark, yeah, I, uh, I don't have any cover currently in defense. Both my rookies in defense are injured at the moment, which is super awesome. So I'd love to bring up, be able to bring in like a James Petling or something or even swing back, one of my mid defenders. And funnily enough, my loops prevented me. Like I don't have a way of looping in my forward line anymore, lack of trades. So Paddy Dow scoring 89 on my bench and me thinking probably should have just played him over Shea Bolton does hurt. So there is, I can see value in in trading in a 0 If you're looking for rookies who, like there's not a heap of attractive ones that have played that are on the bubble. James Peatling had 97 in defense. He did exactly what he's been doing in the VFL. uh, Just, you know, decent kick to handball ratio, decent efficiency. Lockie O'Brien is at the other end of the spectrum, 180K. He scored 91. The Blues are probably going to give him the next three games. So I'd say his job security is pretty good. But... Josh Honey is a cheaper one. If I was looking at a forward line player who I am confident is going to play for the rest of the season, Josh Honey at the Blues patch is is someone that they, they're just going to play him. They're going to play him for the next three games because uh, they don't really have anyone else to play in that position. Um, <laughs> yes. that awkward yes. <laughs> silence. If anyone wants to tune chew, in, we'll cut that out. Uh, the other guys that debuted this weekend, we had... Jake Bowie, Nakai Cockatoo debuted for the season, debuted for the, uh, for, played his first game. Nathan Kruger played, Joel Weston's played two games, Jack Ginevan, but all of these guys are scoring like 30s. Is there any of those that scream more security than, than a Josh Honey?
3: If anything is to be believed that Damo tells me, Joel Weston has potential to improve, um, but... I don't know what to make of that. None of those really...
2: I feel like every
3: Fremantle player has potential. Yeah, name, name a Fremantle player that doesn't have potential. According to Damo. <laughs> Bless him. Um, I, yeah, I don't particularly love any of those options. I think Jake Bowie is going to be in and out of the Melbourne side and it probably only served really to give James Jordan a bit of a rest. Um, who's He's been having a pretty solid year. So... It's kind of a no from me. I don't know about Patch.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going for a rookie price player, you're probably going to have to sit around that, that 200k mark. If you want someone that's going to definitely play for the rest of the season, if you're looking at a, you know, outside of Peatling, I think you're going for a Parker, an O'Brien, um, you know, someone along those lines, um, you know, like an Ollie Henry, who, you know, you think they're going to give him a, a decent run of games. Leo Connolly's looked really good for the Saints as well. Um, they're all about that 200k mark, and you'd, you'd probably be looking to them um, if if you need cover and if you need someone that's playing, as opposed to one of these guys that's that's you know pre bubble or, or only played the one or two games. So I'd probably be leaning in that um, in that direction if you you desperately need a warm body.
0: Can I just say I feel very bad for Joel Jeffrey? What an awful debut oh, coming dear. off a nine goal haul in the twos. <laughs> Gee whiz, I feel bad for him. I hope... Oh, God, we're going to lose to them this weekend. I just know it. I just know it in my heart of hearts. I it hope like he'll go 12. Yeah, he will. I don't feel F- bad about it. Fellas, let's go around the table. Let's wrap this thing up because, look, we're just speculating at this point on shit players who probably aren't going to impact in a super coach sense. Let's talk captains, vice-captains, who we're looking at, at going this weekend. And if you've got any surprise packets let us know. And uh, I mean, I've been pretty consistent at the last few rounds with mine, McRae and to Titch. I, I'm not, are the games
1: locked in this week? Are they locked in? I How locked in can anything be in 2021? I mean, they were locked in until Saturday morning when they suddenly weren't locked in. Um, so I, I guess they're as locked in as they can be for the moment.
0: We're pretty safe with that Monday game with Melbourne playing on the Monday with, if you've got an Oliver or Gorn, you want to put the C on. So I think there's plenty of VC options. So
1: who do you, who do you like patch? Uh, I'm loving Tuk Miller also as a super coach option. He's just very good as a captaincy option. Um, and yeah, going into one of the Melbourne boys, like a, an Oliver or Petrarca or Gorn, um, are, are all very solid options. Um, but otherwise, the Bulldogs play the Bombers and will tear them to shreds. So if you got Bond or McRae, um, you know, or Dale, or, or Dale, English, or Bailey Smith, um, or, Dunkley. <laughs> or, or Dunkley, or Dunkley, or Daniel, literally any of them, like Riley Garcia, just VC,
3: Channon C,
1: <laughs> Riley West. Um, yeah, I think the dogs could go very large, but I'm I'm going took Miller at this stage.
0: Uh, Foz, if you can hear me or slash if we can hear you, who are you VC seeing in this uh, in this week's round of football?
2: It'll be Clayton Oliver for me, but if you've got Jack Steele, uh, another great option.
0: All right, I'm going to assume Foz is dead. Clarkie, what about you? VCC, who do you like? Uh,
3: patch stole mine in Took Miller. Uh, Tookmiller is going to be probably my solid VC option this week. But, uh, boys, I smell an upset. Zach Merritt, sneaky option.
1: Ooh. Ooh, I always knew I liked you, Clarkie. I smell blood. I smell blood. There's blood. an upset oh, coming. my favorite smell when it's not coming from Essendon. It's going to be myself. hailing patch. Hailing goals. <laughs> hey, if They did that last time we played the Bulldogs, and that was not a fun time when it was hailing goals. Uh, when they That's stat, in a row. That stat uh, that
0: there's only been three games where both teams scored 100 points this year and Essendon lost all three games is amazing. So I hope it's raining goals because it'll mean Essendon loses.
1: Shut up. You're losing to Gold Coast this weekend, Fleck. <laughs>
0: For the record, I like Tom Mitchell, Titch. I've been V-seeing him pretty regularly this season. Averages 126 against Collingwood, and I don't know what they're going to do about him. Uh, Pods? Don't really have any pods. What about Sydney Stack as a pod? No. Averages 107 against North. It certainly is a point of difference. (laughs) Other than that, yeah, there's no no one I really, really... I'm in love with this week. Jack Steele's always a good shout, obviously. Averages 103 against the Swans. Ollie Wines in the showdown, if you have him. He, I don't think historically he loves playing Adelaide, but maybe his average is just getting pushed down by the fact that they play each other 700,000 times a
1: year. Yeah. Jordan Dawson from the Swans, if you've got him. Sneaky pod, captaincy. C.
0: I was hoping someone had mentioned him at, at some point in the podcast. Who's uh, Buddy Franklin playing? Surely they're going to playing St. Kilda. uh,
1: They do play St. Kilda. Azza had an incredible stat the other day. He messaged me after the uh, the Panic Room Live last week where he brought up Tom Hawkins' round 19 average um, where Hawkins averages 100 and something in round 19 every year. Buddy Franklin in round 21 from last year back 96 in 2020, 164 in 2019, then 141, 168, 101, 162, 129, 141
0: in round 21s. He likes round 21. He likes and he round 21. he averages 96 against the Saints. And Harry Mackay kicked five against them. Charlie Curno kicked one. I like it. I YOLO. I like it as a YOLO
1: pod. It's, it's a semi-final, baby. You got to do what you got to do.
0: All right, fellas, we might wrap this up because, uh, God, it's been beautiful seeing all your faces, but it has destroyed the internet and everything inside of it. Thank Patch, you, like, thank you for joining me.
1: You wonderful human. It's good to see you again.
0: daddy, if you're there, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. Go Hawks. <laughs> and Clark, you beautiful man. Thanks for coming. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all right. Go Blues.